Before we get started, I want to get a few things out of the way. You can find our podcast and all of our content at freshoutthedeli.com, and you can follow us on Twitter at FreshOutTheD, or you can follow me personally at Nick Sicali. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the first ever episode of the Fresh Out the Deli podcast. Hey everyone, uh, welcome to our brand new Fresh Out the Deli podcast. I am uh, today's host, Nick Sicali, and I'm here with my uh, good friend, one of our writers, or contributors or something, we're not really sure what we are, uh, Nick uh, Freeman Alberico, so we call him Freeman because obviously I'm Nick and he is Nick. Uh, hey Nick, how are you? I'm doing alright Nick, uh, how are you? Good. So from here on out, Nick will be Freeman, so... Everyone keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, re- I'm, I'm ready. I'm very ready. You're ready? Yes. All right. So for our uh, inaugural podcast, we're going to get right into it. And we decided that we wanted to uh, rank some of our favorite bands every once in a while. And for our first one, we decided to go with Daft Punk because they're kind of a fun band or uh, artist. And, uh, you know. They're kind of poppy, but at the same time, they have a pretty strong fan base and kind of a niche culture that they fit in. So we thought it'd be kind of a good, fun way to start, one that's a little lighthearted, you know, getting really into, or deep into the uh, lyrics and things like that. So uh, I don't know, uh, Freeman, what's your uh, overall opinion on Daft Punk? Um, <clears throat> well, first of all, I like, didn't take itself too seriously, but was still good enough to big discography and that wasn't a complete joke. It was actually kind of difficult. Um, like, you know, we, we talked about some other bands, but again, um, you know, there's like a, a deeper like art there. And not to say that Daft Punk isn't like artsy, because I don't know if you've seen their, their short film that they made. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Interstellar that, 555. Uh, is no, that what it is? No, not the, not the anime one. Oh, okay. Are you saying the... Where they're like... Robots, everybody's robots. Yeah, I don't really know what it's called. <laughs> it's not very good, but um, I'm saying is really good, you know. The, the, but when you think of Daft Punk, you think of like you know dancing and you know like you know mm-hmm. fresh beats. So not some some like you know. Electroma is the name of the uh, short yeah, film. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Two thousand and six. Just to, uh, to clarify, robot masks talking to other robots and. Driving extremely quickly in like odd German cars. <laughs> so I remember I, some sequence like that. I remember. I, I I mean, when I thought and I thought of like, oh well, we have the podcast tonight, and I was thinking about some stuff, and I thought of Electroma, and I knew I would get a laugh out of you mentioning it because <laughs> not many people know it exists. Uh, there's, I mean, like nobody outside. You'd have to be. You'd have to consider yourself a Daft Punk fan. To know that the film exists. If you're a Daft Punk fan, chances are you came across it once or twice. But anybody who just knows Daft Punk as like the band that had Get Lucky, or, yeah, of the art surrounding the band, other than you know, there's two weird guys wearing masks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to go off that point though, I think like our casual fans know of Interstellar Five 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 Five, the the anime one, mm-hmm. drama. Because like, yeah, I, I would. 
And especially because of the one more time music video, because the like official music video for that is from the movie. Have you seen Interstellar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not since like high school, but I watched it once or twice in high school, and I thought it was really good. I've never seen it. Is it? it there's no dialogue, right? It's just the uh, music. Uh, I there might be a handful of dialogue, but most it's mostly just the music. And I, my favorite scene on that is uh, the band kind of. Like the fake Intercella band mm-hmm. has this moment that they're at an award ceremony that's kind of like the intergalactic version of the Grammys, and I, it's really good because like it, there's a bunch of aliens and humans in the crowd, but then there's also the two members of Daft Punk in the crowd clapping because they were nominated for an award. So it's like kind of like a funny <laughs> nod because they're not in the movie at all, other uh-huh. than that. But there's like a two second clip of like them <laughs> laughing sitting there in the stands, like wearing their their masks uh-huh. with like a heart on it or something like yeah. that. So it's like. Like there are a couple of cool moments like that, and it's it, it the it looks good for when it came out, and it... okay. Well, you know we live and learn. Uh, I'll, but anyway, why don't you? Or I don't know. Yeah, well, going from um, ascending order, so from the lowest to the uh, highest on our list, highest being the best. Just right. So we're all on the same page. Okay. Um, I guess I can go number ten. Uh, we're gonna do ten, eight, nine. Right, or ten nine eight, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. So number ten, uh, I have Burnin on homework. Uh, okay. Nine, I have Within um, <laughs> on uh, RAM, Random Access Memories, and eight, I have Digital Love off Discovery. Um, okay. So I think Burnin has one of the best like baselines of any Daft Punk song. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that they use, like, an electronic MIDI keyboard for, like, or whatever they use, but it's not an actual instrument. But, um, and it's pretty simple. It's just octaves, like, going up the scale. But um, I think it's really hypnotic. And that was still, like, when they were making more house music. Than- it's on homework, so it's definitely back when it was 100% dance, you know, grand production. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's why I had it at 10. Nine, I really liked, and uh, it's within. Uh, it's very, really well. As they have like emotional songs too, that are kind of slower and not like you know dance music. Um, but the, the voice effects are great. Um, you know, not really much to say as far as like a, how great a production it is, but I, I still really enjoy it. Um, eight, pretty okay at eight. Um, again, not really much to say. Um, yeah, it's my 10th or 8th. Cool. Uh, you'll see on my list, when it comes to Daft Punk, I am a huge every fan. That's kind of why I started listening to the band. Uh, you know, there's a nostalgia fa- uh, factor to it now that when I go back to Discovery, I've, I have an emotional attachment to it compared to the other stuff. Um, but I, I also think it's a really complete work, and it start to finish. There really aren't that many like down points, and it's uh, energetic. So a lot of my stuff has to do with discovery, and not a lot of my choices on this list are gonna are from homework or uh, human after all. Just because I, I I just connect more with the other two albums because the you know the artisticness of it. Um, I think that's but, the case with. Uh... With a lot of people, though, just because Discovery was so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Discovery is probably one of my 
10 or fav, uh, 15 favorite albums that's come out, you know, since I started listening to music. Yeah. So, uh, just gotta keep that in mind when I'm going through my list. Uh, number 10, there was kind of a lot of stuff. I, I was pretty comfortable with my nine through one, but ha- adding that one more knowing that the rest of the, the like my favorite Daft Punk songs weren't going to make the list. It's kind of difficult to narrow down which one do I finally want to get on. Um, you know, I was, kind of going through in my head, like maybe I could put Human After All on there because it's, you know, a single and it was fun and, you know, I've heard it a lot. Uh, I was thinking of, uh, you know, a bunch of songs of Discovery like uh, Chris Dolls, which I think is really kind of cool and catchy or like superheroes. Uh-huh. But I hate uh, that song, personally. Superheroes or Chris Dolls? Chris Dolls because it sounds like... Um... It sounds like the title music to, like, a GameCube party game, so... <laughs> That's why I like it, because it's ridiculous. And I, it's okay, but then it just kind of keeps going, and I just think I'm about to play, like... Have you ever played Billy Hatcher and the Giant yeah. Egg? <laughs> terrible <laughs> game. Terrible. So I just think of that whenever I hear that song, and it's kind of just... I can't separate it, but... I so, didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that's fine. About Billy Hatcher. Um, <laughs> and right now I'm looking at my list of the, my four that I was considering for the 10 spot. But uh, I think I'm going to go with Defunk. Okay. Just because I, I know it's a single, so it's kind of a lame choice off of homework. Um, but there's just a lot of really cool stuff in Defunk that I uh, really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine for me is Voyager. Uh, because I really like it and I have an odd attachment to it. And number eight is face to face. So both my nine and eight are from Discovery. Um, so like I said with Defunk, it, it's probably the first Daft Punk song I ever was Daft Punk at the time, back when I heard it, you know, about 1999 or so. Um, but it's pretty much, it's what where, you know, a lot of house beats get really tiresome. So for a seven-minute house beat, it uh, does a lot. And, uh, you know, it, it does have the vocals in there, even if it's a little, uh, you know, robotic. And there, there's not many lyrics overall, but the vocals are good. I just, I really like uh, Defunk a lot. Uh, I'm guessing you probably you probably have it higher on your list than I do, if uh, I had to guess. No, it didn't actually make my list. If oh, okay. Spoiling, but... Um, you can use the process of elimination and just cross that off the list to see a lot of like electronic music, not so much EDM, which is weird, but, um, more like ambient stuff. Um, but, uh, homework for me is like really up there just cause it's, it's kind of amazing. Like you listen to the stuff that was coming out of like the European house scene back in like the mid to late nineties and like mm-hmm. they took the best parts of it and, like, homework's really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, there's, you know, with any genre of tyranny and, like, running around. And um, that's why when you're listening to house music, you kind of have to just not, like, take the lyrics as meaningful in any way. You know, not... The, 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 lyrics, the lyrics are lyrics. Yeah. I mean, like, what they say in the funk means nothing. Well, yeah. I mean, like, it's, like, it's, like, set, it's a phrase. Like, around right. the world, like, what the hell does that mean? I mean, sure, they go around right. the world. But, 
<laughs> but like that, that's a phrase that people use or that you can use, you know. You can theoretically go around the world where the world <laughs> spins, but it doesn't really mean anything. Exactly. Um, but, but uh, I don't know. I just, out of, I, it's because I'm not a huge, I, I understand why people love homework, um, but I'm not that big of a, like, pure house music fan. Um, so singles like Defunk, like Around the World. Uh, I like, I like the, uh, the opening track a lot. So, uh, out of all of those, out of the house, like the strictly it's a house beat, uh, I think the funk is probably one of the best house songs out there. And that's why I decided I had to put it in my top 10 over, you know, something like Human After All, which is pretty cool, but, uh, it, you know, it, it isn't like groundbreaking in any way. Uh, and so, like I said, my number nine was Voyager. I just think the synths in Voyager are incredible. It's a it's a pretty repetitive song overall, but I, it just really works. I don't get tired of it at all. Mm-hmm. And the uh, right about in the middle of Voyager, it has about it has uh, 16 bars where the synth, like everything disappears, and it's just the synth. It's like a like a small break where it's the. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I think that's really cool, um, and I don't know I've just I've always really liked Voyager probably more than most people do because I, I have a feeling when you go and listen to Discovery it, it a lot of people might think it's kind of a throwaway but I just I just think it sounds very kind of unique and different and there's no lyrics or anything it's just it's a, it's probably the most straight electronic song on the album mm-hmm. so. Uh, and, you know, kind of the counter to that is my number eight, which is Face to Face, because out of all the songs on Discovery, Face to Face is possibly the most straightforward pop song. Yeah. Like, it has two verses, it has a chorus, it's got, you know, the the electronic instruments in the background, but there's the clear, you know, there are clear riffs involved, there's a clear bass line, there's a progression of the song, there's a bridge. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of the most pop like straight pop radio type of songs in almost their discography really mm-hmm. uh and i i just i always really really enjoyed it and i think it's a really nice kind of way to close out uh discovery i know uh too long is right at the end there but and to like have one more single uh sa- a song that sounds radio friendly that sounds like a single at the very end of the album i think is uh really good and it, i just i really connect to that uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm in agreement here on, on Face to Face. I think it's really, really good. Um, unfortunately, I don't know why they thought Too Long should have been on this album. First of all, because it's, it's a bit too long. They, like, they, they warn you going in with the title. Yeah, um, and it takes like 20, it makes, not 20, it takes a couple minutes to really get underway, you know? Uh, they could have trimmed that to 30, and I, I think it's kind of annoying, really, with my notes. Mine? Yeah, I, c- I can do my 7 and 6. Sure, go for it. Okay. Uh, here. Okay. Um, I like this pick a lot, actually. Uh, give Life Back to Music. Okay. My number 7. And um, I remember where I was when I listened to Ram for the first time. And... Uh, it was, you know, you, you heard Get Lucky like a thousand times on the radio. Um, and a lot of hype involved in uh, Ram when it came out because Get Lucky was around for a while before uh, the album actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, do you know exactly how long? But I had, I think I had heard that song 
probably like on the radio it was at like every seventh song was get lucky mm-hmm. yeah it was big and it, it kept growing throughout that summer but i think it was out at least a month it may have even been a month and a half uh the Get Lucky was out, or at least, you know, this whole song may not have been out, but I know that they did that teaser video that had, like, the 10 or 20 seconds of the song on it also mm-hmm. that you kind of got to feel it. And if you just listened to that 30-second clip from the teaser over and over again, you felt like you would have been hearing it for even longer than it had been out. So there was just a lot of hype involved. So yeah. sorry to steal the conversation. No. <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I really... I haven't listened to much disco in my life and obviously disco has a huge influence on this album. So when I heard that and like my only connection to disco really is that my dad hates it because he was like <laughs> a big like rock guy back in the day and they like the, the warring factions or like the only people who really cared I think were the rock guys. Like I don't think the disco people really cared about rock being popular. Um but I heard this and the riff of <clears throat> How does it go again? I probably didn't do it justice, but that right there is like, I was like, that's really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know, that that feel of like being in a club, because like, you have the people talking at the end of the track. Um, I think it sets the stage for Ram really, really well. And it's, it's very immersive, the album. And I think a lot of that lends itself, or I think of, a lot of that is owed to give life back to music, uh, which mm-hmm. even the title itself is kind of like, here's the whole theme of this album is we're using real instruments and mm-hmm. it's kind of a throwback to like, you know, when music was a lot more fun and energetic. And that's, uh, that's what I was going to say. It's a great way to start that album because Daft Punk had been gone for so long. They hadn't really made any, like any real music, like Daft Punk music since 2005. And it had been, you know, seven or eight years. And uh, between that, they had Tron, which was very electronic, but it was, you know, it was a soundtrack. It wasn't really an album. It didn't feel like a Daft Punk Mm -hmm. album. But um, even that, it was very, very electronic. And Human After All is very electronic. It's it's not necessarily house, but it's all synthetic sounding. And to have Get Lucky on the radio and have it be a live track, you know, you might think, well, maybe that's just a single that they do. But to start with uh, Give Life to Music... It it makes it puts you right into the mindset of the whole album that this is going to be real music. It's going to be real instruments. It's going to have violins and it's going to have uh, you know guitar and bass riffs and there's going to be lyrics at times and it kind of sets the stage right away for what the album was and the album it sounds almost like an orchestra more than a you know a club. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's why it's so great. Um, mm. And that... And you've got everything going. It's great. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So, yeah. uh, keep things moving. Uh, six is One More Time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, really popular song. I really like it. Uh, the first time I heard it, I remember it was on the radio a lot. Uh, yeah. And I am... How many years your junior? Three? Yeah, you're three years younger than me. Okay, yeah. Probably closer to four, actually. Because you have the late birthday. But I remember driving to the bank, listening to this song on the radio a thousand times. Like, and I, how old was I? This was 2001 when this came out. So I was in second grade. I must have been, hell, I was seven. I was seven years old when this came out. And I remember this. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's it's really good now. 
Um, um, I couldn't find a feature credit. I think it actually it's is a, Thomas, I, right? I, I, I think his name is Rome Anthony, isn't it? Um, beats me. Uh, he's dead now. I think he died. Like, uh, like maybe. Yeah, he he's dead. I'm pretty sure. But I think he's got us in. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? I don't think he does harder, better, faster, stronger. Wait, but something about that, us is him, really. Yeah, I believe so. But I, I just yeah, Rome Anthony is his name. I was right. And uh, is he dead? Let me see. Yeah, he died in May 2013. Oh so right about when the album came out, actually, or uh, when uh, Ram came out, sorry, not the album. So that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, he did uh, the vocals on, you know, a handful of the songs on that album. Yeah, I, I just did a Google search for him. <laughs> the, the suggestion is Rome Anthony Bourdain Restaurant. <laughs> um, not to. Um, yeah, he died at 45, man. Yeah, today. May he rest in peace. Poor little bugger. One of his singles is called Never Fuck. Um, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> no wonder he died. No, the only one, he did one more time, and that's about it. He probably did Digital Love, too, didn't he? No, I think, um, I know Thomas, you know, there's Guy Manuel and Thomas, <laughs> and I think Thomas sings most of them. But, oh, I, I always assumed, I guess I was wrong on that. What's that one song? I know he sings in another song. It was in GTA 4. It was in one of them. It's like, um, the music in you. He wasn't, he, he didn't do Music Sounds Better With You, did he? Yeah. The, he was he on that? That's it. That's I, it. Th- I really like that song. If that was technically a Daft Punk song, which it's not. Um, no. But it's, if it was, it would definitely be high on my list. It's like the big, like, astronaut looking helmet. And <laughs> Guy Manuel is the helmet and the guy with like, the silver one is is uh, Thomas, and Thomas worked on it with him. And the guy who did the vocals was Rome Anthony, I think. Right, right. <laughs> well, well, it, and who else? I know one of the guys in Phoenix is on the song. Is it Alan Brax? Could be him, because that's why when you look up Phoenix, it says related artists are uh, Daft Punk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But, well, yeah, that's a really good song. Um, where were we? So you were doing, yeah, oh, one, one more, more time. time. Yeah, so a, that, that's just a good song to run through. Voice. And the music video is great. Uh, again, all it's from uh, Interstellar 5555. And um, I think it's, so I, I'm very comfortable I, with it being at six. I like, uh, so far, our lists are pretty different. And you're, so yeah. this is pretty good. My... Uh, Seven is probably going to be the first one that gets you upset. Uh, my seven is around the world because I, I think I think you uh, probably have that closer to one or two. Um, and I, I really like around the world, but if it's, since I'm guessing you have it higher on your list, uh, we can hold off on talking about it until later. <laughs> All right, let's put a pin um, in that. I'll write it down. Talk about yeah. around the world. <laughs> All right. And uh, my number six is actually Get Lucky. Okay. Um, and I, I think, you know, I know that Get Lucky is definitely a pop song. And, you know, it, it got all the radio play and you could it, you could be sick of it and you could think it's overrated. But I think just because a song gets really popular doesn't mean that you should ignore it or that you should uh, 
assume that it, it isn't a quality quality song. You know, there are a lot of pop songs on stations now that if you aren't a huge fan of pop music, you could turn on the pop station and be like, wow, these songs are absolutely terrible. But I, I really don't think it, like he's one of them. And uh, I I really appreciate like the the full length six minute version of it. Uh, you know, it, it's a great guitar riff. Pharrell, you know, the lyrics are pretty perfect for uh, what the song is. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's like we said, like a lot of Daft Punk stuff. It doesn't take itself too seriously. The lyrics are fun. They're lighthearted. Like you know, he doesn't. You, it's not vulgar at all. Although it, you know, the subject material is most well, likely sex. I but think it's, it's you know it's it's about having fun and dancing right and, right um it's not like blatantly be, about yeah. getting lucky well i'm saying it's not beating around the bush like you know have you <laughs> like listened like you said you listen to a pop song that's popular lately and you like hear them use like all these euphemisms and then like there's this one song was like are you or they're blatantly the older like a thousand times and right i like a I like them just coming out and saying, you know, we're up all night, we're having a good time, and... And maybe we'll get lucky. <laughs> who knows? Maybe we will. Right. Um, it's telling it how it is, but it's not... I, I like that it's, like, it's childish enough that it isn't offensive, and it's not overly vulgar, and it's not overly sexualized. Like, we know what's going to happen if, you know, things go right. What's going to happen, Nick? I don't know. Well, I, I, I think Pharrell's hoping he gets lucky. What does that mean? I'm asking you. I don't know. I I think Pharrell in an interview said that it was about – it's not a song about sex. It's about going out and hoping to find your perfect match in the universe uh, when you're out uh, having fun. I'm rolling my eyes here. (laughs) Although if I I found my perfect match in the universe, I have a feeling I'd be getting lucky. You're my perfect match. But I I just just think – you know, Get Lucky Means Luck, because it was their comeback song. Uh, they hadn't been on the radio for a long time before that. And, you know, they had been, you know, mysterious and kind of gotten and not necessarily forgotten. But it, it nobody was sure what they were going to sound like when they came back. And Get Lucky is just like a very charming song. And it kind of exploded and took over. And I, I really enjoyed I enjoyed it when it first came out. Uh, I got a little tired of it once the album came out, because I'd heard it so much before that. But once you kind of put put it past you and it kind of faded from radio play a little, it's, it's really easy to appreciate again. Um, so you said you prefer the album version. I do. I agree. But I also just like longer songs in general most of the time. Fair enough. Um, but I was going to say, I think um, Get Lucky got a lot of the same response that One More Time did, like as far <laughs> as radio play goes. Um, I yeah. I was seven, but I remember hearing One More Time, but we should probably move on. Yeah. Um, uh, do, you, do you want one at a time or do you want to do another two? I, I'm liking the two. Yeah, let's do two and then can we go for like three, two, one? Can we yeah, yeah, yeah. Three? Okay. Um, five. We're going to get into the fun group now. I have a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to like this one. Um, this You might object to this because it's a bit of a curveball, but I really like Fragments of Time, so that's five for me. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. <laughs> oh, right. There you go. Explain yourself. This is fun. Well, first of all, I think the instrumentation is just amazing. Um, like, I just sang it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, that little, like, bass flare right after the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... it's. 
and the like the vocals are fun, and it's like you're laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing at the you uh, doing the air bass <laughs> while you make the bass noise. <laughs> that was appropriate. I, I can pull my my bass over over here. I I can play it for you if you if if that'd be better if you wouldn't laugh. No, no, I think it's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, but I'm thinking uh, the instrumentation is great. I love the vocals. The lyrics are like fun and fast, and it kind of has like a country element because it. I don't know. It's it's just a really unique song. I don't think I've ever heard anything like it, and the lyrics are really like pretty lame like cheesy <laughs> but it's that funk cheesy yeah. it's, it's, it's a perp. but i really like it and if you kind of like embrace that you really enjoy the song a lot it's just so unique i have her and i listen to it all the time and i like the i like the uh message of the song i, I don't know if it's what they intended it to be but um it's like uh memories and uh enjoying yourself and yeah so that's it you look i, I think out of all of the songs on Random Access Memory, uh, Fragments of Time is probably the one that sounds the most like it could fit on Discovery. You think? Uh, I, I think because of the how the vocals are and how it's kind of it's very happy and lighthearted and it isn't as orchestral as some of the rest of Ram is. I, I think if you were more like it, I'm not saying there's anything on discovery that necessarily sounds like it but i think it would probably fit in pretty well on that album too okay now what do you have next oh yeah um this song is one of my favorites i think i actually probably should have put it a little higher um so i'm actually gonna do that excuse me i'm actually gonna do that right now four in this case i'm gonna swap three and four uh three or so for four i have uh voyager um okay cool because i like a lot of people, like I've read a lot of reviews of the album, and they they like say, "Oh, Voyager is an interlude that's you know really sets itself apart." And I kind of don't really see how it's an interlude. It as far as like progression goes, the song's pretty much the same the whole time. And like you said, like the, everything drops out except for the, the little guitar part there. Mm-hmm. But um, it's like three minutes and twenty seconds, I think, is the runtime, and that's you know pretty long as far as interludes go. But I think it's that has like one of the coolest bass lines I've ever heard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's really good. And there's this little like, and that little slide there is just killer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm very glad that you put it higher because it used to be probably my favorite song on Discovery when I first started listening to them. I like the first time going in, I was just like, man, this song is great. But. Yeah, and especially I, ha- I'm getting really excited here. The intro, how it's like. The and it's not like super good quality, and then all the rest of the instruments come in, and it's like you you're like whoa, you're taken back because it's great. I love that. Yeah, yeah. There's the there's the fuzziness to the quality of the synth beforehand. It's kind of uh, muted a little, and then the rest of it once it kicks in, and like it, it it sounds it's a full sound. But it isn't loud, and once the rest of the instruments kick in, it gets that it gives you that volume that you thought you had already, mm-hmm. and it yeah, like yeah. the quality just improves, and it's it, yeah, it, it is a really cool little uh, trick that they do there. My one issue with the song is that um, I have to turn my bass down in my car, otherwise it's like <laughs> boom, 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 boom. so I have to um, lower that. What minor inconvenience? So what are your uh, four and three? Or five and four. Or five and four. Yeah, the numbers are going to screw you up now. 
Uh, my five is uh, going to be harder, better, faster, stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's obviously a Daft Punk staple. It's probably gotten more popular over time than what it, how popular it was when it first came out in 2001. Uh, people kind of knew the song, but it and it was technically a single, but it's not like it really ever played on the radio or anything like that. But you know, be, because of you know Kanye using the sample and Stronger, and it's yeah. been sampled in commercials and other things like that. Um, and once Stefan kind of started touring again in the late 2000s and their tours got popular, that kind of became a, a, a staple of their live sets. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of had a second life, that, it, or maybe even a first life, but it was just uh, much further past the, uh, you know, when it debuted back in 2000, that it's kind of interesting. You usually don't see songs that kind of have a revival like that so late after uh, they kind of came out. I, I like that about it. Uh, I think the, the lyrics are fun. Again, it might not mean that much, but you you got to get the gist of what the song is saying. Uh Instrumentation is really good. Production is really good. I like how the song builds, uh, start to finish. It, it's not, it's not consistent. It, it, it slowly, slowly adds stuff to it and it gets more and more detailed. And I, so I enjoy that a lot. And I just, I just think it's a really fun song. A lot of times, you know, you, you, you say like, oh, well, is the song good or not? But I think if you enjoy the song and you have a lot of fun listening to it, uh, that kind of means a lot. And I just, I think, uh, Harder, better, faster, stronger is just a really, really fun tune. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't like the end, but beyond that, I think it's you know it's definitely like very high up in their in their their discography. And, it, it, and like I think that's an interesting take on it that I've thought about but never really articulated to myself. And you're right, it, it, it was like not the premier song on the album, you know, but it mm-hmm. became very, very popular. Right. I mean, at this point, I think more people, if you played one more time at a random club filled with, you know, 18 to 21 year olds, uh, there'd be a lot of people that might not know what one more time is, which is crazy to think considering how much it was on the radio back then. But if you played harder, better, faster, stronger at the club, there'd be a ton of people who would get a kick out of it and would know what it was, or at least they'd at least recognize the song. And that's kind of crazy when you consider how popular One More Time was and that they both came out at the same time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's it's, uh, it's funny how that works. Like with like songs on albums where some will just like steamroll and snowball in popularity. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I remember um, after uh, To Pimp a Butterfly came out, like King Kunta was the popular song on that album mm-hmm. and then after like about a m- two months then all right started like getting a lot of radio airtime and i think this is like the same thing although a little bit longer like harder better faster stronger became the song like a couple of years after right everybody thought king kunta was definitely like not everybody I, I i was never actually that big of a king kunta fan but it first came out king kunta seemed like it was the standout song and it was what people were talking about it was on the radio constantly and then like all right came out as a single and it wasn't that popular but yeah, like oh, as the year went on and people kind of started getting tired of King Kunta, more and more people kind of got drawn to All Right, and I think All Right is definitely the better of the two songs. Oh, absolutely, it's not. I mean, All song. All Right was actually was what I I mean I had All Right ranked as the number one hip hop song from last year. It was my favorite. I thought it was the best song in the album, the best song you know in the genre last year. But. Yeah, 
I think I might have put that at like number two or three for best songs of the year, just because it's it's really good, and and I think kind of like why people like attach themselves to King Kunta so much is because do you remember the first time like listening to that album from the beginning and being like, what the hell am I listening to? Like West's mm-hmm. Theory, and then um, what is it? This Dick Ain't Free. Second. Yeah, and then like King Kuta comes on like okay, this is like a song that kind of sounds like something I'm used a to. Rap song. Yeah, this yeah, is like a rap it, song. So yeah, the the flying lotus and thundercatness of the first two songs and the jazz influence and you know Kendra kind of goes all in there and then King Kuta is all of a sudden like really fun and you know kind of lighthearted compared to the other ones and it's more of a traditional take on hip hop and you know it has callbacks to. Uh, you know, some of the classics throughout the years that make, you know, King Kunta kind of, you know, I mean, I always like King Kunta sounded more like an Eminem song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, than, uh, definitely. Like, it sounds like a Dr. Dre beat, an old school Eminem track, uh, kind of like, you know, like, a, what, not Mushrooms, what's that? Oh, like, what, My Name Is Who? Like, it's kind of like one of those yeah. types of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but to get back to Daft Punk, <laughs> Sorry for the sidetrack there. I think it's very relevant. Oh, I think so, too. Uh, my number four uh, is one of the songs you've already used. Okay. And it's uh, Digital Love. Okay. I just, I think Digital Love is a great, great, great song. And I love that it has real lyrics and verses and a real chorus. And I love the, it's a fake guitar, but the guitar solo at the end is just spectacular. And have the synth trumpet uh, in there. And there's just a lot of little embellishments. And overall, I just think it's a really warm song. It's clearly a love song, and it's clearly about happiness and about kind of being enamored with somebody and, like, the warmth that you get, like, somebody you love or you really like. And I think the song kind of, the instruments in the song and the sound overall kind of, you know, emits that same yeah. feeling or kind of instills that in you. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Uh, so, uh, I yeah, I just, yeah, I really like Digital Love. <laughs> there's, there's the, uh, the feeling of like unrequited love because he has the dream that he's dancing with the, the object of his affection and then he wakes up and this dream was all gone and then, right, right. And then he doesn't it's, know what to do. It's this, it's, it's the, it's just such a relatable feeling. Mm-hmm. Everybody's had that, that you're in love with somebody, you're enamored with something, and you think you have it, or you just keep daydreaming about the thing. And when you're with them, it feels great. The love might actually not be there, or it may not be shared about them, or when you're with them. And I think this the song really, really kind of gets that feeling across, both in the lyrics, which are very straightforward, but they're good. And just it holds, you know, the guitar. So I, I just, I really appreciate that. I think it's one of their most human songs that they have. For sure. So, so uh, top three, buddy. Okay, I'm, I'm ready. Three, All right. I just did some last minute editing, and this one is definitely in my top three. So this is number three. Um, I have something about us. Cool. Uh, I really, really like this song a lot. Um, probably one. Um, I think the bass line is so interesting. It's very unique. The boom, doom, 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 boom, do
has that like little hesitation um, mm-hmm. in the third one, and that's really cool. And learning to play that myself on my guitar, it's just like I didn't really get the hesitation at first, and then I was like listening to it a little closer, and like, oh, that's what he's doing. And it's it's a pretty uh, unique touch. But I think the lyrics are great. It's the same thing about like really caring mm-hmm. for somebody. And it's kind of sad, which I talked about how like it's interesting. Yeah, it's now. the darker take. Yeah, uh, I don't know darker, but maybe yeah, I'd say darker. Not like I don't want it to sound scary, but it's just, right, 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 right. It's a little more emotionally touching than like saying around the world seven hundred times <laughs> in a song, which I think is pretty cool. All Daft Punk is that musically adept that they're able to make great house music and dance music and great electronic whatever you'd call something about us. Um, and the... The guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very good guitar solo. It's, it's, it's inc- soulful. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an incredibly tasteful song, too, because it doesn't, like, go over the top. It's very... not. I don't want to say subdued, but it's very reserved <laughs> in that it... it um, it only makes tasteful additions. There's nothing that just seems out of place. I think it's one of their best songs. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love that song. And there, I uh, hate to cut you off, but that um, there's this one part where he kind of like pitch shifts his like um, something about us. I will share with you like that part. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I heard that, I was like almost fell out of my chair because it's great. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say that was probably the hardest song for me to rank, and I, I didn't rank it in my top ten, but that was the one that was the most difficult for me uh, not to put there. And there are times I listen to that song that I think that it's you know truly, truly a great song, and there are other times that I kind of go through it without really paying that much attention, and that's kind of what I held against it. But I, I think when you go and you actually engage in the song, listen to it, it is really phenomenal. And it definitely, like, you know, on, on its best days, I definitely have it in my top five. But on its worst days, I I kind of forget it. And that's why I ultimately didn't put it in mine. But I, I, I do agree with what you've said about the song. Sure. You have to certainly be in the mood for it because it's not a danceable song. And mm-hmm. it's kind of, you know, it's kind of sad. So it's not like you're, like, having a great day and let me listen to something about us. But if you're having, like, not a, sh- a shitty day, but you're having, like, a things just don't really seem to be going your way too much. A monotonous day, uh, kind yeah. of, a uh, yeah. It's raining. It's perfect to put on. So yeah. that is number three. How about you? Uh, my three, I think you're going to get a kick out of. It's, uh, my three is Georgia. <laughs> um, I just think that this song is absolutely uh, incredible and I think it's really really genius and really really smart and I, I could totally understand if you've never listened to the song through once at all because the introduction is so absurd that it's just him talking at like this cocktail bar about it like and reminiscing about like you know 40 years ago and like this is the size of when I was 16, I had a car. Synthesize, and I thought this this could be the sound of the future, but but uh, I, I kind of gave him the uh, the it, it was my lover voice, but uh, but uh, I, I actually kind of appreciate the intro a little. I mean, it, I, I will acknowledge that it's probably unnecessary, but I do like the uh, intro. 
but just from the second that the synthesizer starts the do to the end that the song is constantly building and I love that it goes through the different t- genres of music where it starts with the kind of the disco, the pure electronic sounds to then it has like the strings in it and adds the orchestra slowly. Yeah. And then there's like the, the drum break and then it has like the rock version where they have the rock guitars and everything kind of added in together. Right. And I just, I think it's really, really cool that they can have pretty much the same minute and a half or two minute, you know, composition and just do it three different ways with different instrumentation and adding more and more stuff onto it and making it sound, you know, you would know that it's the same, but it makes it sound completely different and completely new each time. And like, because it's the same, more or less the same notes, you know, you're anticipating because you've already heard it, what's going to happen next. And you're just like, how are they going to pull this off or how are they going to yeah. do it or how are they going to make this sound different? Cause I know what the next note's going to be. And I, I just, I think, the composition as a whole is really, really great. And I, I, I love the instruments in it. I love the music behind it. I love the idea. Uh, I think it's a, a really perfect length, you know, good, a good drum solo, good guitar, good jazziness to it at times. Yeah. I, I just, I like all the elements they could squeeze into this, you know, minute and a half composition where that they, you know, repeat two yeah. or three times. It really is a dense song as far as there's a lot happening over the course of the runtime. Um, and uh, I, I like it a lot. I just didn't feel comfortable putting it higher than putting it at 10. Um, just because it's kind of like you and I have talked about it so much and on the voice that like it's hard for me to really take it like super seriously. And it's really a shame because I can recognize it's like a musically great song. It has a really cool bass solo in it, which you don't hear that often. So a little love for the bassists. I, I think that, like, out of all of the Daft Punk songs, I think it's probably the most musically intelligent and the most artistic. And I, But I totally understand why... It, there's some, and it's probably the, the minute and a half intro that ruin that like screws it up in people's heads and kind of make. But there's something about it that makes it not feel like a real song. Okay. It kind of feels like just the thing, and like I, I remember when I did. I I've always liked the song. I always really liked it the first time I listened to it. Um, but when I was doing my ranks that year for the best song of the year, I don't even know if I can. S- like even had it on my list of songs at all because I don't know if you'd consider it a rock song. You definitely wouldn't consider it a hip hop song. It's not really a pop song. Uh, it's not a classical song either. It's just it's kind of in this weird middle ground and amb- ambiguous thing. It's kind of electronic, but it isn't fully electronic. It's definitely not pop. So I didn't even really think about putting it. Even though it was one of my favorite songs, it didn't even cross my mind that I'd put it in one of these playlists of my favorite songs of the year. And eventually, you know, I think probably the, pre- the following summer, I listened to the album again. And I was like, wow, this song isn't even on there, and I, I love it so much. So it's like it has this weird thing where, like, you kind of just forget about it or you don't really take it. You don't really think of it as a, a song for some reason, even though it, it, it definitely is. It is very hard to categorize, and I think that's why it makes it so good. Cool. 
You're number two. Top right. two. Two around the world. Um, but I thought. I figured right. you'd have that way up there. I love this <laughs> song so much. Um, and I know it's kind of like a recurring theme here, but the bass line is great. Um, and it's very hard to play. I can't do it. And um, then... You know, there's a, there's a few layers that all come together at certain parts of the song, and I think it is it is the ultimate house song. I think it's the best house song mm-hmm. ever made, and it's on the 2K soundtrack. That's a testament <laughs> to how good it is. Um, <laughs> Jay-Z liked it. Jay-Z so. likes it. I like it. See? We have similar tastes in music. Um, so, I mean, what else can you say? It's, 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 it's just a phenomenal piece of music. Um and I can't help but feel really cool when I'm listening to it. Uh, and the music video is kind of funny. Yeah, it's, it is. It's like the people walking around. Um, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. Um, so, yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. Yeah, I, I you know, just as a refresher, I, I had it at number seven. And I, I do think it's, it, it is the best song on homework in my mind pretty easily. And... It is one of the best, if not the best, house songs. I mean, it's hard to categorize the best because, you know, you could always listen to more but and, you know, discover something new. But it's uh, for for the genre, it's kind of hard to think that you would be able to find something better that was strictly with that genre. And, like, that didn't go, like, above and beyond the, you know, the confines of, like, French house scene. Yeah. So... So I agree. Uh, my number two is, uh, so again, probably something you don't have on your list. Uh, another song from Random Access Memory. I have a Doing It Right. Okay. I really, really like Doing It Right. I, uh, I like that uh, Panda Bear's in it. I think the vocals that he delivers are just uh, phenomenal. And I think out of all – I think it's the song that's the most uh, – Kind of, it fits on the album, but it, it, it's it's a very different character than the rest of it. It's very repetitive, and it has the vocals from you know somebody different. It's not like Pharrell, who's on two or three of the songs, and it's not you know them supplying like a robotic vocals. Like it's it's just it's just Panda Bear, and he sounds so like different to the other sounds on the album. And I like that it's a very stripped down song. There's not much besides like the subwoofer. And the vocals going around, and the very simple the do 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 yeah and I, I just like that it's it, it's it's different from what else is on the album. It's stripped down, it's simple, but I, I think it it's a, a very complete song, and I, I've always really really liked it. Okay, um, a lot of people really like doing it right. They love it. I know, like, Brian loves it, my friend, Brian, your brother. My brother. Yes, really loves it. I have, like, three friends who are just like, Panda Bear's on this, man, it's great. And you know... I'm not, even, I'm not even that huge of a fan of, like, Animal Collective. I like one and a half of their albums, but just for some reason, he works uh, really well on this song. <laughs> have you listened to the, uh, the audio commentary with him on it? No, I haven't. I think they took it off Spotify, but you can find it on the internet for sure. They have the, um the commentary for like every track and they have the interview with Panda Bear and like he was asked to come out and do this with them and he like lost his mind. Um, <laughs> I don't like this song very much. <laughs> um, Great. 
So what makes I think like. But why don't you like it? You could you could say why you don't like it instead of trying. Okay, to... so when you have, um, you've got. Okay, so let me compare it to like around the world. So around the world doesn't really have too much going on as far as like lyrics goes, and I I kind of lend that same respect to doing it right. How it's not really about the lyrics, but it's around, like one or two cents. They just repeat over and over again. Exactly, um, but I don't think there's enough going on elsewhere for it to be as highly ranked as you put it. I think it's 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 an okay song. Like, I listen to it, and I'm not like, I need to change this to something else. But never really have I been like, you know when you're looking at a track list on an album, and you're like, <laughs> I gotta listen to this right now. Never happened to me with doing it right. And I have, I, I, I have a certain, I have a very high amount of respect for Animal Collective and Panda Bear, and they're great people, and they do a lot of work in Baltimore charity and whatnot, but I just don't like the song very much. I mean, that, that, that's fair. I think out of all of the songs on Ram, I'd probably say, you know, it's hard to quantify how many times I've listened to Get Lucky just because of the radio aspect and that it's in movies and commercials and everything like that. But, uh, you know, the times that I just went on the on my iPod or on Spotify and listened to an individual song, maybe I listened to Get Lucky 10 or 15 times, like, on my own. I think I've listened to Doing It Right 70, 80, maybe even 90 times. I just, I, I always listen to it and I'm never tired of it. And I have it in so many playlists and it just, I, I just really, really love the song. And I, I, like, I can understand that if you didn't think there was that much going on in it, because there isn't. It's a very simple song compared to a lot of what Daft Punk does and a lot of what's on Random Access Memory. Because Random Access Memory has all the live instruments and it has the orchestral elements to it and it has some songs with pretty in-depth lyrics and it has you know like i mean just think of how much stuff is in touch which is you know it's right in the center of the album and it's I like a pretty song, so. i think touch is really good <laughs> but but i and i didn't put it on my top 10 um and i you know i felt bad not doing it because kind of like giorgio i feel like it's just a really really artistic song and there's so much going on in it and stuff but and like Doing it right is so different from that because there's really nothing. There's like maybe five. Out, like if you were to open up Doing It Right on a like a Garage Band or like an audio editor, and you had each individual different sound as its own stream, there probably wouldn't be more than five or six streams. Where Touch would have possibly hundreds of different streams of different instruments or vocals or different samples or whatever. So. Doing it right is really just like a, a, a drum, a, a, a very simple drum, a synthesizer, the two sets of vocals, and the weird synth uh, organ. The doo, doo, doo. So, like, I, I just like the contrast with the album that's so artistic and so full of flourishes and flir- full of life that this one song is so stripped down. Mm-hmm. So that, I think that's why I like it. <laughs> I, I respect that. And it seems like you made your case, and not that it, you're still not going to listen to it. Obviously, <laughs> I still don't like it very much. I mean, it's okay, oh, that's but you know, you didn't know me an explanation, and you still gave me one that was. Next time we have more disagreements. Well, I but think... I go ahead. Um, I don't really have much to add. It's all you. Oh, I, I was just going to say, you know, with this list, I think overall, I like 
all the songs that you've had on the list so far. I mean, obviously there's number one. I can't imagine it's going to be something that I dislike or something too unbelievably outlandish. And, I think we might know. have the same number one because, like, we haven't said it at all. Like, it hasn't come up. No, my, you've already had my number one. Oh, okay. So you're not going to say your number one is Instant Crush, are you? Oh. <laughs> no. Yeah, I like Instant Crush, but... Me too. Uh, I, I, I just thought the strokesness might uh, get Here's you. the problem. My issue with Random Access Memories is all the songs that I really, really love are, like, really underappreciated. And all the songs that like, I think are okay are, like, this is... You gotta listen to this song. Like, Instant Crush, for instance. That's, like, one of the most popular songs on Spotify. And I think it's okay. And, like, Julian Casablanca, he bothers me for a myriad of reasons, but um, I'm, like, willing to, you know, lay those differences aside to appreciate the music, obviously. But I, I just, like, I mean, it's okay. It, it's, it, it's, and people are going bananas over it. And that's the same thing with, uh, with doing it right. What is going on? What am I not getting that everybody else is? I, I don't know, man. Uh, I mean, I, I really, I'll say, just just to talk about Instant Crush for one second, not that it's necessarily warranted. Uh, when the album came out, because there hadn't been that much Strokes content for a while, I uh, got really, really obsessed with Instant Crush for about the first week and a half. And I listened to it maybe 40 times in a week. And I think I've maybe listened to it twice in like the three years since. Yeah. So like I and I, I listen to it now and I'm like I really don't understand why I liked it so much I really don't I thought it was really cool and I really like the like the sense it's cool but it's it's extremely lame and it's not a good song at all and I I enjoy it for what it is but I I acknowledge it's a pretty a pretty mediocre song at best and with all the stuff on that album it definitely uh, doesn't deserve to be one of the more popular songs I'd agree with you there but uh, yeah, let is. me. Let me go with my number one first. I know we're going to go break order a little here, but because we already talked about it, and we'll have your great reveal as a song we haven't talked about yet. Let me guess. Let me um, guess. Yours. But my sure, I'm sure you'll get it if you look at yours. Didn't you already? Did you just say it? No. Oh, I'm not going to guess. I'm, there's no way. Well, my number my number one is one more time. Okay. Sure. And I know it's the most standard Daft Punk song, and like we said, it was the most popular, really, really big track to, you know, be on pop stations, and you know, it, it was in commercials, and it's a, it's it's a dance song, and you know, it has like the fun lyrics, like you said, that it was my favorite song, probably from like 2000 to 2002 or three, and I stopped listening to it, and I didn't really listen to Daft Punk much after that, and I was young, I was you know you know, 10, 11 years old at the time. And I started listening to Daft Punk again when I was probably a junior or maybe even a senior in high school. And I kind of rediscovered the song and really appreciating it again. And I've just, I, I've never disliked it. I think it's it's almost a perfect pop song and a perfect kind of, you know, if you heard, it's the perfect song to hear at a club. Yeah. Where it, it's it's age appropriate for everybody, and you just it, it makes everybody feel happy, and you want to go and dance, and it, it, you know it has the nice kind of disco vibe to it, and it's got the synth trump a lot of their other songs, and I, I just I really like how versatile it is, and how accepted it is, and how it's everybody happy, and I I just I I really appreciate that it was my favorite song for a long time, and it's kind of hard if you even if you don't listen to a band as much anymore or you know, a song as much, it's hard to get over the fact that you were obsessed with the song for, you know, for any amount of time, whether it was a week or, 
six months or three years. It's hard to kind of get over or get past that once you kind of start evaluating them and saying, well, which song do I like more? Do I like this song that I think is cool now, or do I like this song that I've always loved? Right. So, but I just it was hard to put anything above one more time in my book. That's really understandable. Um, uh, I don't have anything like that as far as like I've like this song has always been near and dear to my heart. Um, but I was I was gonna say uh, any great pop hit is only as good as its music video, and that's very you know like <laughs> music reviewer of me to say. But I think you think about like the great pop hits in history. And they all have really great music videos that are really memorable. And I think this is no exception because mm-hmm. I have like etched into my memory of that, that stupid anime drummer, like smiling, going like, yeah, yeah. We both did the same face. <laughs> it's kind of like, it's like the first version of the, I don't know if you remember the Hey uh, music video where it's like the five Andre 3000 of that, except animated in 10 years or five years before. Exactly. So, also would help to become so popular, and I, you know, it's it's just one of like I think I saw it in Rolling Stones like best songs ever, like top twenty or something. Mm-hmm. But it's actually uh, not to ruin everybody's, uh, but in two thousand, it's actually my second favorite song of two thousand. Not even my favorite at this point, but uh, my favorite my favorite is a uh, beautiful day by U two. It's just because uh, I, I really like that song and I'm obsessed with you too, but not to not to uh, to bash one more time by any means. But all right, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right, grand finale. What's your number one? I think I probably hinted at it before, maybe. But <laughs> what's your number one? Uh, it's got to be superheroes. Uh, <laughs> Yo, I was way off. What do you think it was? <laughs> I thought you were going to do touch. I thought you were going to pull touch out of your ass. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's good. But like the, I remember touch. They found like the oldest man they could to sing that song. <laughs> and he's probably some great like old musician. And uh, some some somebody spinning in their grave right now that I'm saying this, but it's not near. <laughs> I'm sure he's alive. He recorded the song two years ago. Did you hear? He's like, I remember touch. <laughs> There's a lot of vocal uh, editing involved in that song. He was actually kind of screaming it through his phone. Yeah. I love Touch, but Superheroes <laughs> is the preeminent best song ever because there is so much stuff going on. And um, I think the best use of, like, I don't know if you've ever listened to the music from, like, um, you know, Les Paul, a guy who invented the electric guitar, he also invented the uh, stereo recording. I thought you were going to say the synthesizer. No, <laughs> the synthesizer. <laughs> the synthesizer. You have the kick <laughs> on the Moog mod. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I'm going to throw back to that. I think what made me laugh was like, he goes, one through the song. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. I get what they're going for here. I just, okay. Well, anyway. My name is Giorgio, and people yeah. call Giorgio. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone calls me Giorgio. <laughs> but the point I mentioned the stereo recording is that if you've ever listened to the songs uh, that were recorded in like the late '60s, is the um, the stereo is so ridiculously mixed that if you like took a headphone off, you you wouldn't hear the vocals or half the song, and mm-hmm. you could really notice that was happening. But the thing that's so great about superheroes is you have that. Um, once there's some talking about something's in the air, 
and um, then the that has like almost a half a second stereo delay in the right headphone and you'll only notice it if you kind of like try to hear it and it works so well to kind of make this like effect like immersive effect of like almost like ascending to greatness feeling I don't know how they do it but I have this dopamine rush every single time I listen to this song and um <laughs> I think what's also great is I didn't know what they were saying so <laughs> I thought it was the air the air right I, I always just thought I assumed they said up in the air is that what they say <laughs> no they say something's in the air see I always I always assumed it was up in the air oh no it's <laughs> something's in the air something's in the air the air. So if you're just listening to the air, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. But I think the fact that, I mean, it's probably not like the best musical song, but it's my favorite, just because every time I hear it, if you've ever been riding like the exercise bike and you listen to like, mm-hmm. you just lose your mind. I mean, out, out of the songs on uh, Discovery, it's probably the most housey, right? Because it has that pounding beat that kind of builds through. I, I mean, there's a lot of elements in it that aren't house or pure house, obviously, because there's a lot of embellishments and stuff. But in like, it has the the doom 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 yeah. doom, and it has kind of like the doom 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 doom, like the bass and stuff that goes in there. And I, I feel like that's probably a little more housey than the rest of that album. So okay. I, I could kind of see how you like that, and it is it is a really fun song. Um, I mean, like I said, Discovery is one of my favorite albums. Ten, have nine or nine of the ten is Discovery. I mean, I probably could have convinced myself to do that, but I uh, decided to not do it. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, I think it's I think it should have been up there in yours, man. I gotta say, but uh, but what did I put at ten? I had Voyager at nine, and I had Defunk. I probably like it about the same or more than Defunk. Okay, well, I mean, it, like you said. I remember before but, recording, but right, we, right. we talked about how you said 10 was really tough for you. But mm-hmm. another thing I think I like about the song is Brian, your brother, really, really loves it. So, like, whenever we're driving to Chipotle or what have you, <laughs> he'll, yeah. Um, so, where are we on time? We're, I think, we're about, like, an hour, and we're, we're about to hit an hour and 30, so that's not bad. But we do want to wrap it up. Do you, want to, do you want to real quick do your two worst? Yes. Or at least favorite that funk songs? I hope we have the same list because that would be magical. <laughs> okay, so why don't you, you go ahead. <laughs> I don't know which I hate more. They're both That's pretty okay. equivalent in my mind. But my uh, two least favorite Daft Punk songs are, uh, <laughs> are a Steam Machine and a Brainwasher. <laughs> so, uh, what, what are yours? I have the brainwasher. <laughs> I am the brainwasher. <laughs> um, I I think I might have put Steam Machine like way, probably past my mind. Steam. It's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, and I really hate Technologic. Like that really pisses me off when I hear it. Okay. Just because, and I I think it's so popular just because it was the only song that wasn't like, you know. It was. Uh, it had vocals. Yeah, and then, but I think the effect is so cheesy. Like, have you ever gone into GarageBand and just put on the like mouse voice track and then like recorded yourself and just like laughed at it, like when you were mm-hmm. thirteen or 
It's the exact same thing. It's the same thing. It's like they have so much stuff at their disposal. And in 2001, they were doing crazy stuff. In 2005, it sounds so, like, lazy. And I know they're, like, incredible musicians. They probably were just, like, doing Electroma at the time. And they thought, hey, we got to get a song on here that everyone's going to like. And have you ever seen, like, a video of, like, an internet, like, instruction video back from, like, the early 2000s and kind of, like, cringed a little? Like, Mm -hmm. the World Wide Web, like... All, like saying all these words, like format it and click it and send it, like that's not mm-hmm. clever, that's not smart, right? And it, and it doesn't have enough going on to me that it's like interesting to keep. No, it doesn't. Interested. It doesn't build like a lot of their other songs no. that are similar to. Like, I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of like the younger kind of slow, not nearly as advanced version of Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger. Like, obviously, because it, like, has, like, the same lyrics kind of repeated, and it's kind of, you know what I mean? But uh, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger is such a good song, and I just always felt like Technologic was the, uh, kind of, like, them trying to do that again. I hate that song. But anyway. All right, do we uh, want to make fun of anything else? Want to say anything else? Or uh, are, we, are we done? So uh, here's something that's worth noting. I'm on Spotify right now, Human After All, and I have, like, the amount of plays that each each track has. And, you know, On mm-hmm. Off, which is just, like, television, like somebody flipping through the channels. Right, the 18 seconds? Yeah. Is that the most played? No, so Technologic <laughs> has 16 million plays, and On Off has less than 1,000. It doesn't even display a number. It's just less than 1,000. So, I found a song like that last week that I was listening <laughs> to from a band that only had two songs. And I was both really impressed that I found them and really disheartened that nobody else had ever listened to them. Exactly. But I'm, I'm thinking, how do you have 16 million and then um, a same, you know, like the, the next lowest like, is, yeah. I think, the next lowest is um, 1, million, uh, 1,900,000. And then it, it just gets to less than 1,000. So somebody obviously, you know. Skip. Plus it's only 18 seconds. You'd think like... Some uh, somehow you people haven't accidentally listened to it or stumbled across it over their time. Just like went and pressed play like a million times, listened to it over and over <laughs> on repeat, and would have gotten it up there. Because what would it take to get that over a thousand in like one day of it on repeat? <laughs> it's only nineteen, <laughs> so he leaves it on like song repeat, and he just goes to make a sandwich. And there's what? right, and there's like a hundred and fifty plays. Yeah, so I mean, you could just do the math on that. So like, if he if he goes and take goes to lunch for an hour, that's what. 60 minutes, so that's, um, hell, 3,600 3, seconds divided by 20, which is, um, I'm not good at math, but... Should we make this our purpose to get <laughs> on off above <laughs> the 1,000 play threshold? Probably. So, yeah, if you, if you go to lunch for an hour and you leave this on repeat, that's 180 plays. So, uh-huh. which is almost, we don't so know you only need, less than a thousand. You only, need to, you only need to go to lunch for a week listening to it on repeat, and then you give it a thousand. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to sleep tonight, and I'm going to leave it on repeat. So when I wake up in the morning, it's going <laughs> to it's gonna be doubled in views. There you go. Let's do it. So I'll we'll do the same thing. In the next podcast, we'll be able to see <laughs> if we've had any impact. <laughs> All right, I, I think that's a good place to uh, end our first podcast. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, again, I'm Nick Sicali, and that was uh, Freeman over there. Uh, bye, everybody. Sorry for cussing. <laughs>